Good morning, listeners. You're welcome to this week's Agri-Report. I'm Jim Finn. Later on in the programme, I will be talking to Siobhan Walsh, who is the tillage editor with the Irish Farmers Journal. I will also be talking to Elaine Houlihan, who is the current president of Macron Pharma. My final guest this morning will be Donal Milan, who is the Chagas Manager for County Tipperary. My first guest this morning is Grania McMahon, and Grania is the Assistant Principal for Horticulture in Kildalton College. But we're not going to be talking much about horticulture because they have an open day uh, coming up shortly, and Grania is going to tell us all about that. Good morning, Grania, and thanks for joining us. Hi, Jim. How are you? I'm very well, thank um, you. How is everybody down in Kildalton? We're flying. Um, it's very busy down there at the minute um, with sheep lambing and cow calving and trying to get crops into the barn like everyone else in the country. So um, it's all go down there at the minute. It's all go. OK, so you have an open day coming up, will you? As I said there at the beginning, will you tell all my listeners about it, please? So on Friday the 1st of March, we are having our annual uh, Spring Open Day where anyone who's interested in courses in Kildalton College or with our colleagues in SETU, the land-based degrees in agriculture or horticulture, um, can come out and see the college, have a look around, see our facilities, talk to staff, uh, get a bit more information about the courses, the supports available, accommodation on site, food, anything else that might uh, be of interest of anyone who's thinking of going to Kildalton. Okay, so what kind of format then of the the morning or afternoon, uh, what happens? So our, our, our tours are starting at 10 o'clock and 11 a.m. So generally um, you come into the main education area and we have stands uh, related to the different courses. Our access officer will be on site for anyone who would be questioning about additional supports available to students in the college. Uh, we have a stand on our apprenticeships, which we've started in, in the autumn of 23, um, and all of the other courses. So then um, the visitors who come in will go and have a talk, uh, depending on what course they're interested in, on agriculture, horticulture, equine, and then they'd have a tour of the facilities. Um, generally, they'll come back to those stands if they have any questions about application forms or access to the course or anything else. We're happy to answer them at that stage. And tell me this, have you much room now for people who want to study uh, whatever branch of agriculture they want to go into? So you have room, anybody who wants to, are you limited to the number of places you can give uh, to, we'd say, equine or to general ag or to um, tillage or sheep or whatever the case may be? Yeah, well, they're generally... um we have a limit of numbers, Jim, mm-hmm. but generally we wouldn't reach that number. We'd just be at that number. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be At this stage, it would be rare that we would be oversubscribed for courses. So generally, most people who apply um, are going to get in. Now, with the equitation course, you are required to have a certain level of writing skill mm-hmm. if you are um, applying for that course. So that would be a limiting factor, maybe. Um, experience on riding uh, for people coming into the course. Apart from that, generally, you know, um, most people who apply to the course are getting in at this stage. 
Right. Now, you also mentioned there at the very beginning uh, about your involvement with, uh, forgive me for calling it, uh, Waterford um, IT in Waterford. It's now a university. I'm not very good on all these new names when we joined up all the colleges. Are they going to be present on the day? Yes, uh, it's now uh, Southeastern Technological University, Jim, um, and yes, they will have a stand on the day and they will be talking about the courses that they have um, that are delivered partially in Kildalton College uh, throughout the years of the degree. And there is the opportunity then for a student who has got on very well in Kildalton or wants to go further to attend college in Waterford. Yeah, we have an advanced transfer um, mm-hmm. process whereby students who have completed the other level five and six certificates in agriculture can advance transfer into the Bachelor of Science in Agriculture. Um, and those that complete the level five and six in horticulture with us in Kildalton College, College or anywhere else can apply for advanced transfer into the second year of Bachelor of Science in Horticulture. So oh. they're a fantastic access route for students. We find that Maybe students aren't sure if they want to do the degree or, you know, mm-hmm. they just want to maybe do their level five and six and get their green cert. And then they realize that, you know, this college business isn't so bad and that maybe they want to progress a little bit further. So it gives them an opportunity to use the qualifications they've already achieved um, to progress into uh, the SETU degree route without having to go back into first year. And talking about the students themselves, are they equally split school leavers as against adult uh, learners? Um, mainly in agriculture and equine, it is school leavers are mm-hmm. near enough. Maybe somebody who's been out one or two years out working mm-hmm. in horticulture. We have a couple more um, mature students, so it varies every year. Some years we'd have a lot of school leavers and some years we'd have a lot more mature students. So looking at the application for 24 um, there's a lot of schoolies applying for horticulture at this stage, but it can go up and down each year. Okay, and horticulture, would you have many students in horticulture now? This is back to your own area. It, it varies, Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, our horticulture students are having more of a preference for going part-time now, so we would offer our course on a full-time basis or part-time, so it, it varies each year um, depending on how much interest is, is in horticulture. That's goes up and down. Um, we also have the degree in horticulture at SETU and the numbers can go up and down in that one as well. Okay, well that's all about that. Now you had a big win during last week. Will you tell my listeners about that? So the Macra Chagas Challenges Day is an annual event, Jim, whereby all of the colleges, the land-based colleges in the country um, compete against each other. Um, it's a day of fun where the, the, each college would select a team of 12 students um, and they'd go through various uh, challenges like stock judging, tractor driving, mm-hmm. fencing, teamwork challenges. We use the simulators that we have, the tractor simulators for a challenge, tug of war. Um, so they go through these different challenges and you have an overall uh, winner at the end of it. Um, so we're delighted to say that Kildalton College won the challenges they this year, which was held in Kildalton College, so we didn't have far to go this year. Well, you had home advantage. <laughs> I suppose we did, but there's a lot of prep work goes into it as well. So uh, I'm quite sure there is. I just can remember 
back to Mokra days with tractor driving challenges and all that sort of thing. So there was a lot of preparation for it, etc. So I'm quite sure uh, this has been the same. It certainly has. Um, the students would put a lot of work into if they'd stay back in the evenings and, yeah. and get together, which was fantastic. Um, it's a fantastic event and a fantastic way for them to get to meet um, students in other colleges who are like-minded as well. So, okay. really good event. Now, the message that we want to get... Uh, congratulations, by the way, to the to the college and all the students who took part. But getting back to uh, the main reason you're with me, uh, Gráinne, and that is with regard to the Open Day. So, will you just again remind my listeners what they have to do and do they have to book in early or whatever the case may be so anybody intending to go to Kildalton on the 1st of March knows all the details prior to going so aim to be at the college between early in the in the first half of the, the day so our tours are starting at 10am and 11am um, just if, if it's going to be wet weather, come prepared for being out and about in the weather. Um, we just don't know what it's going to give any, us any day at the minute. Have questions. If you if you're something in mind or you're not sure and you want questions answered, maybe write them down beforehand. Um, with regards to booking in, we only require that schools and large, large groups book in. Um, if individuals are coming, maybe with a couple of family members, just show up on the day. Um, so you'll be directed into the student car park and shown where to go up to the main RS building um, and you get guided tours from there. Okay, well look at I want to thank you ever so much for joining us this morning. That listeners was Gráinne McMahon from Kildalton College and if you have been listening to us for the last eight or nine minutes, Gráinne has basically been talking about the open day that's in Kildalton on Friday the 1st of March and if you're thinking or feel you have a grow for doing something in agriculture why not drop down to Kildalton on that particular day and you, I'm quite sure you'll know an awful lot more about what you want to do how Thanks Jim How is that Grania? Listeners, my next guest this morning is Elaine Houlihan and Elaine is the current president of Macron de Ferma and I haven't been speaking to Elaine since the ploughing last September. And at that particular stage, Elaine was only just after taking up office as president of MACRA. Good morning, Elaine, and thanks very much for joining us. Good morning, Jim, and thanks very much for having me on. OK, now, Elaine, what's happened in MACRA since I spoke to you? And as I said, you were only just after taking office. The last day I saw you, you were trying to throw wellies. Go on. <laughs> I suppose since you brought up the wellies, we actually broke the Guinness Book of World Records for throwing the most wellies at one time at the National Ploughing Championships. So now we hold the Guinness Book of World Records, which is fantastic. But I suppose in the macro world, a lot has happened. We've had numerous events. We have been, uh, I suppose we've been lobbying hard for different topics. But I suppose the social aspect of macro has grown even more in it. And on a very positive note, our membership has actually increased. 
Right. Now, you say you have been lobbying on issues, and I know one of the big issues as far as MACRA would be concerned, and that is the plight of young farmers. And we all know that the age profile of farmers in Ireland is a disastrous, to put it mildly, and we need to have more young people going into farming. How are you getting on with that campaign? Look, Jim, I suppose around the pre-budget there, we did come out with a pilot succession scheme. Um, Mm. As some people would say, it was similar to the retirement scheme that was there a couple of years ago. But this was to encourage young farmers to take over farms while incentivising the older farmer. Unfortunately, the government didn't bite at it. They brought out another grant of €1,500 to get professional advice when it comes to succession. And this week we learned only 71 people avail of that grant. So if that doesn't scream that the government need to do something different, I don't know what does. Mm -hmm. It's now time, like there's only, why is it 7% of um, farmers are under the age of 35? How is that going to, how is the industry going to survive with that figure? Yeah, and not alone how is the industry going to survive, how are boards of co-ops and other farming or organizations and other farming enterprises particularly and I'm particularly thinking about co-ops because again you have this very very few young people on the board of co-ops yeah but to see it's going if we can't get people into farming how mm-hmm. can we get people to sit on board this is exactly what we're fighting for in Makra. we we have walked we've walked for this we have We've done everything we can, and look, we are going to be coming out even stronger in the next coming weeks in regards to succession, because it's now time, I suppose, our government wake up and smell the coffee that we actually do want a future in rural Ireland. We want to go farming. So now it's time for them to help us. Yeah, and as you said, you were trying to say you've walked and you've talked it, so, and you don't seem to be getting uh, very far with it. But look, at all I can say to you is keep up the good work because, you know, I am a strong advocate of young people going into farming, young people taking up seats on boards of their cooperatives, you know, some of the, the big processes or whatever the case yeah. may be. And I think that's very, very important. Any other issue out there now before we start talking about your International Women's Day, which you have a big event coming up? What other issues? Yeah, I, suppose, I suppose the other issues that we would be fighting for is around the planning permission for young people to build in rural Ireland. Mm-hmm. Again, that was one of the things that we walked um, we walked in, um, in the march for yeah. as well. That's something that we're still currently fighting for. Look, we'll always be fighting for better internet as well, but sure, I think everybody can relate to that one. We all want better internet. All you've got to do is join forces with all the other farming organisations and there's quite a clatter of them out there to put uh, pressure on that uh, farm incomes would improve and improve to a level that's sustainable as far as the farm family is concerned. It's a big issue out there. That's a certainty, particularly with the two years that have just gone by. And uh, anyway, on the social scene then, what's happening socially? I suppose in Makra, there's a lot of events coming up. Would you believe it? We've we've hit into our 80th year yeah. of Makra, um, which is an amazing achievement. And I suppose I didn't realise this till somebody said it to me. We're in our 80th year and we have the president from um, one of the founding clubs um, as the president currently in the 80th year. I never thought of it that way, but my own club of Kamaluk is actually the only um, surviving founding club that have never closed their doors in 80 years. Well done. So there's a 
there's a lot of social events coming up throughout the year. I would tell people to keep their eyes peeled on our social media and local newspapers. We have events for past members, present members and the future members. Uh, and are they part of celebrations for the 80th year? Yes, they'll all be part of celebrations for the 80th year. I'd love to tell you more detail, Jim, but I'd be killed if I revealed all the events <laughs> that have been planned. Well, we don't want you killed anyway. We want you to, we want you to see out your presidency exactly. alive, Elaine. Elaine so <laughs> exactly. uh, that's, that's very important. Now, you've teamed up with uh, the Agricultural Science Association for an event around International Women's Day. So can you tell my listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, so Mocker and the ASA are teaming up for an event on the 7th of March. It's the day before International Women's Day as the referendum is the 8th. The day. It is on in the Heritage Hotel in Leash and it's kicking off around 11.30am and it is a lunch. So it's a three-course lunch. There's two panel discussions and we have a keynote speaker. Um, all proceeds are going to Breast Cancer Ireland. So tickets are €35, Euro, which is an absolute steal, I can tell your listeners. Um, for the lunch that will be there on the day, along with the panels. Right now, tell me who have you on the panels? So who we have revealed so far, because it's we are revealing them one by one. All right, OK. We have Katie in the country. We have Aileen Barn, and we have Ailish Byrne have already been announced. There is going to be more announced shortly. We have, we actually have... Um, Sister Orla um, Tracy, um, who's coming from South Sudan to speak to us about the out- outreach program that she has there. And we also have um, Avril Tierney, who is actually an ambassador for Breast Cancer Ireland, who's currently going through stage four um, breast cancer, that will be speaking to the crowd about her experiences um, and, I suppose, family life. Right. OK, very interesting. I'm just looking at your uh, claw, as they would say, as far as that that's concerned and uh, you have the arrival at uh, at 11, between 11 and 12, so there's plenty of time for talking in between there. You then open it at 12 o'clock uh, and yep. then you have the introduction for the keynote speaker and then you have the starter yep. and the main course and then there's, yep. a, there's a bit of a gap to the dessert, I see. You're going to have the first panel discussion. Resilient yep. women in our industry. Yeah, so we are going... Yeah, go on, Elaine, yeah. So, so for resilient women in our industry, we want to celebrate the women that have had an impact in our industry, but also celebrate women that might not be involved directly with the industry. So that's the basis of that panel. And then I suppose I suppose there's been a lot of adapting to change in the agri-industry. Mm-hmm. Even though it does say agri-industry, why well, I will say to listeners, it's not ag-heavy. You do not need to be a farmer to attend this event. You just need to be somebody that wants to come along and listen to eight people's stories of how they got to where they are today is exactly how I put this. It's all about coming together and networking, but for a brilliant cause of Breast Cancer Ireland. Okay, and you have Emer O'Byrne. What part is Emer playing in the day from FBD? Emer is... Emer will more than likely be giving the closing address. FBD have come on board yeah. to uh, sponsor this event. That's why we're able to do the tickets for €35 Euro with all proceeds going to Breast Cancer Ireland. And of so course, this event yeah. would not be possible without FBD. 
and if my memory serves me correct, the heritage is an FBD hotel. It is indeed. Right, okay, I'm not losing it at the moment, so if the, no. the grey cells are working properly. And uh, I presume then Neve uh, Bambrick will be speaking as well as for the yes. uh, ASA, yeah? Both myself and Neve will be speaking, and I suppose one of the main reasons that we decided to team up, Jim, was both myself and Neve were in Mocker together, and Neve is still there in Mocker as well. We know one another through the Camogie in Kilkenny. That's an easy thing for a Limerick woman now to say there. And... um. I suppose we decided to celebrate this because I'm actually the youngest president um, in Makra who happens to be female. And Neve is also the youngest president ever in the ASA that happens to be female. So he said it's really important to do something, to join up two organisations to bring people together for this fantastic event. Well, it just shows you when you, what you're just after saying, Elaine, actual power of Makra and, uh, you know, the way you have met down through the years and now you've been able to come together years later and have this absolutely wonderful event in the heritage. So before I let you off, you know, and for anybody listening to us this morning, where can they get tickets if they would like to attend this event? So the tickets are actually for sale on the asaireland.ie website. It will be shared on our social media there as well, all through today and tomorrow. The link will be live on it. But if anybody has any issues, feel free to even give me a call on 086-1288-318. My number again is 086-1288-318 and we can give you a hand getting tickets. Again, if you do not want to attend and you still want to give the donation of €35, that all ticket sales are going to Breast Cancer Ireland. Okay, well look, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you. I hope you have a wonderful event the 7th to celebrate International Women's Day and above all that you raise an awful lot of money for breast cancer. Thank you, Jim. That listener was Elaine Houlihan, who is the current president of Macron Listeners, my next guest this morning is Siobhan Walsh and Siobhan is the tillage correspondent with the Irish Farmers Journal and on this programme we haven't spoken about tillage for quite some time. Siobhan, thanks very much for joining us this morning. Thanks, Jim. Okay, as I said, we have spoken about tillage on this programme for quite some time. So what is the current tillage situation across the country as a whole, uh, Siobhan? Yes, look, Jim, unfortunately, it's not good. Um, mm. You know, as, as everyone looks out the window, they know the weather has to be good um, and, and no different no different this week. Like Wednesday night was a terrible night after a kind of a dry start to the week and it's really set things back again. Um, so there's been there's been very little um, work done in the fields this spring at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we've had bad weather basically since the, the end of the harvest and, you know, the harvest wasn't wasn't great either. Um, so the winter cereal area, Jim, is is back significantly and it was back last year as well. So over the last two seasons now, the winter cereal area is back by about 50,000 hectares, um, which is a massive drop. Like, and winter mm-hmm. cereals are, are really important. They're, you know, a lot of the yield and a, and a good income. So um, farmers now are kind of going to have to sow. They're, they're going to fall back on spring barley. Um, some will sow beans, hopefully, and, and spring oats and maybe get a bit of a premium on some of them. But the main crop is going to be spring barley. And um, some of your listeners will have heard that there is a, sh- a seed shortage this year as well. Um, so basically, because of the bad weather 
last harvest and, and la last harvest and last year indeed during the growing season the, there was a poor yield so the the yield of all crops was down but the yield of seed was down and the quality of seed was down so that has led to a reduction in the amount of seed available and then because we have the decrease in winter area and an increase in spring area we're short of seed um so seed is, is currently being imported from other countries so look the tillage situation at the minute is difficult but if, if we got a bit of dry weather and i think there is some on the way next week people would be a lot happier that they could go out and get and start to get a bit of work done and looking then at the crops that have been planted uh, very few have i and i'm talking about winter crops uh you know they haven't performed very well either sure they haven't they don't look great like no. um you know there's a lot of there's a lot of patchy crops no. out there um so you know they were planted there was rain after when they were planted and anywhere where where the wet lie the the, the the barley didn't come up or the wheat didn't come up whatever it is um so look normally people would have to re-sow those patches um for cross compliance um but the department have told us in the journal that people won't be penalized this year so that's a good thing look if people have patchy crops out there they will still get paid their VIS payment and they'll still get paid their straw payment on those fields without having to, to go out and, and re-sow. Because if you went out to re-sow, it would be a waste of seed and a shortage. Um, and it's also going to ruin the crop that is there. Um, some some farmers, um, and maybe not so much down your way, but up around the northeast and, and in the Midlands, people planted and the crops didn't establish at all. Um, mm -hmm. But... Um, those those patchy crops, I suppose, where there's, you know, outside of the patches, Jim, crops are good. Um, yeah. You know, and, and in the last week or, or 10 days, winter crops have really lifted out of the ground. And a lot of them now starting to, they're going to need their, their compound, their P&K, and a, a small bit of nitrogen now as soon as the weather turns. Uh, of course, uh, for the past couple of weeks, uh, soil temperatures rose considerably. So that would have given it a push. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we need to get out to the field now to those crops, really. OK, moving on then now, you have two pieces in this week's journal. If you haven't read it, uh, it's the articles that you've gone in are well worth a read. So the first one is that Irish grain admit, admits among the lowest emissions in the world. Is that quite, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. So, so this is, look, I suppose we've, we hear all the time, Jim, about emissions, and we're probably fed up hearing about emissions. Um, but a lot of the time, the emissions we hear about are for, for dairy, they're for a litre of milk or, mm. or a coat of meat or whatever. Um, and tillage farmers have long been calling for carbon measurement of, of what they produce because this all fits into, you know, the, the grain that goes into to producing the beef and the milk. Um, you know, if we use Irish grain, we kind of knew that Irish grain had a lower emissions level than grain around the world, but we could never prove it. Um, mm -hmm. So if we're able to prove this, it helps us to sell our products and be more competitive over imports that come in and maybe add a bit of value to the product. So, um, there was, you know, there's there's signpost programs and things out there, but none of them were actually giving us a figure of, you know, a ton of barley produces X amount of, of carbon um, into the atmosphere. So this work, um, Tierlon basically funded this work and um, they so 48 Tierlon growers mm -hmm. gave their, the Tierlon collected the data from those growers. That, that equates to about 11 and a half thousand hectares. So it's a nice size. 
um, and 14 crops in total. Um, so that data then was handed over to Chagas. Chagas helped to collect it as well. Um, and then Chagas took that data and brought it all together and basically formed a model um, to be able to calculate the amount of carbon that's being emitted from a ton of barley, wheat, oats, oilseed, rape or whatever. And the figures that have come out now, Jim, show that Irish grain is among the largest or the lowest um, emitter of carbon of grains in the world. And, and on the paper this week, it's on pages 42 and 43, we have we have those tier non figures. We have the figure that's used for Ireland at the minute in this global database. Mm -hmm. And then we have figures from other countries as well. And, and Ireland is, is coming out really well in all of these figures, Jim. Will I go through some of the figures? And uh, just figures could, just, just quickly, what's the what, what's the Irish yeah. base figure anyway? Yeah, so well, like the lowest figure we have is is for oats, and so a dry oats would be at two hundred and thirty-two kgs mm -hmm. per ton. So they're yeah. producing two hundred and thirty-two kgs of carbon per ton. If we go to our most common crop, then barley is two hundred and fifty-six kgs per ton. And then if we compare barley to, let's say, somewhere where we'd import from, um, so our country nearby, let me see. So like Italy, barley yeah. in Italy produces 453 so it's 100 kgs more and then if we go to like america barley is 515 so ireland is coming out very low in all of in all of these figures um and that's because look we've high yields ireland produces the highest cereal yields in the world and our weather and our climate as bad as the weather is the way i've been talking about it already with you jim that weather helps us to get high yields and we're able to dilute down our emissions then as a result Okay, very interesting. So, uh, listeners, if you want to know more about it, this week's journal and Siobhan is after giving you uh, the pages it's on. The next bit I want to talk about, uh, this goes back okay. to what we spoke about at the very beginning of this interview, Siobhan, and that is we're not growing enough of cereals. So there's proposals being muted, I'm not saying they're going to happen, uh, to pay yeah. farmers to move into tillage. Yeah, um, so this is the food vision tillage report, mm -hmm. Jim. So the minister called together the till members of the tillage industry um, to come together and bring proposals to the minister to try and maintain the area tillage, I suppose, firstly, and increase it. So the government has a target to increase the area of tillage um, to 400,000 hectares. So that's it's a 50,000 hectare increase, basically. And that's part of the climate action plan because tillage, as we've just talked about, is a low emitting sector. So it can help us to reach our climate targets. Um, but as we've said, you know, tillage area has been has been it was steady and it increased a bit with payments during the war in Ukraine. But now it's falling again. And there's, there's a fear out there this year that will it will fall massively. So this report then is meant to be full of actions that will help the tillage sector. Um, so the the first the first thing on the list, Jim, is a payment. And look, that's what we need. You know, if if we could if we could take this report and bring it to the minister immediately, because the minister doesn't have this yet and probably yeah. won't have it for another month. Um, like that that tillage support is needed immediately now. So that that will pay farmers. Well, this is the suggestion. Yeah. It will pay farmers to take take grass and put it into tillage land um it will pay farmers then a little bit more in the years after that grass has been tilled and then it will also pay current tillage farmers um a kind of a maintenance payment for for being environmentally friendly probably is how it will be um but the 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 sooner it comes jim the better because we did figures there 
um, in the journal a few weeks ago it was on the front page and we just took an average farm 70 hectares and the farmer had to re-sow some of their winter wheat um, Mm-hmm. And they had, you know, a poor winter winter barley crop and they were going to lose seven and a half thousand euro just as a result of bad weather. And that was that that was a higher grain prices. Grain prices are also falling at the minute as well. So we really need help from government. You know, if the government has a target there to, to reach 400,000 hectares, like they have a target there for organics and forestry as well. And both organics and forestry are getting a payment. So a payment needs to come for tillage as well. OK, very interesting. We'll watch this space, Siobhan, so we will. Yeah. I want to thank you ever so much for joining us this morning. And listeners, if uh, what we've been speaking about for the last 10 minutes or so is something that you'd like to know more about. It. As I said, it's all in this week's Farmer's Journal. Listeners, my final guest this morning is Donal Milan. And as you know, Donal is the manager for Chagas in County Tipperary. Good morning, Donald, and thanks for joining us. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Very well, thank you very much. Now, Donald, we'll kick off. Uh, I suppose the weather is of concerns at the moment. Oh, God, Jim, it has been a very wet spring, very wet, very wet now for a long, long time, hasn't it? And uh, obviously it's expect, uh, affecting uh, activities on farms. Um, I would say a lot of farmers are trying to get cows out and stock out. Uh, and are struggling with it, uh, you know, with, with the weather. But they're doing the best uh, because, you know, especially cows of calves now, they're trying to just maybe get them out of grass, keep the cost down, and, uh, you know, to all benefits if, you, if, it, if it can work. Um, and, and, you know, there's about 50% of cows calves now at this stage, mm-hmm. they're near enough, I'd imagine. Yeah, I'd imagine and there is. There's plenty of grass out there, so just to get the opportunity to, 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 to graze it, I suppose, you know. Uh, and maybe one thing to mention there, the in relation to the... The weather, as fellas have found it very difficult to get fertilizer out, probably very little of that out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I suppose, you know, some people look for a bit of a break in, in the weather uh, to get things going equally on the on the tillage side, as you, I think we're all fairly well aware, like there was a, a lot of the spring, a lot of the winter crops didn't get in this year. Uh, and uh, so there'd be a kind of a big increase in the amount of uh, spring cereals uh, and maybe beans and stuff like that, so on. So, you know, people are waiting for a bit of a break and hopefully that'll come as soon okay. as possible. Yeah, well, hopefully there's, uh, I think there's a chink of life for some time early next yeah. week. So maybe somebody get away. Hopefully. OK, now campaigns are on out there. And I suppose the campaigns that come to mind, my mind anyway, are the ones on climate uh, change and uh, uh, water quality. Yeah, Jim, so look, I suppose definitely it's on all our agendas. Mm-hmm. Every family in the country, you know, I think, I think it's, it's conscious of, doing the best for climate at the moment and equally all our advisors are, have, have it in the back of their mind as well and I suppose really we're kind of concentrating we, we have two advisors full time on this whole area now that's the beds and public poverty uh, but what they're trying to I suppose get people to establish is uh, the, the few key areas that switch over to protected urea is, is, will be a huge benefit and even economic as well you know what I mean mm-hmm. and um I suppose most most of the slurry now is going out uh, in below emissions the, the operation mm-hmm. rather than the splash place and um, and I suppose the other one there as well you know there's a, there's a good uptake and flow over we're working away on that just uh, keeping trying to get as much of that established as possible we'll have a, maybe some farm walks there as well in April and that you know so that's the climate and um, and then in the water I suppose we're very conscious now particularly last month or two uh, in relation to the, the, the requirement for water quality to 
stabilise and improve uh, to to achieve our delegation, mm-hmm. uh, hold on to our, our delegation, and um, so certainly we will we we we'll be you know all our advisors will be will be having that back of mind on the farmers uh, because um, uh, the, the most recent EPA report wasn't fantastic now for 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 Tipperary, so. Um, uh, you know, I think again, it's 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 just going to be so important to keep that uh, in, in front and center uh, in all our activities as we go forward. You know. Yeah, and so they're the two, they're two, they're two main ones. I say. They're the two big ones. Yeah, of, of course. Yeah. Now, uh, as well as that, then of course, uh, there are certain areas uh, that uh, you seem to be concentrating quite a bit on, and uh, organics and education come yeah. to mind. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, we've seen a big, a big um, pick up on the uh, organics uh, in the county. We've more, we've doubled there now in the last two years, doubled the amount of farmers uh, that are in organics. I think approximately just less than 250, 250 farmers, which is probably uh, we probably probably the target for the country is 10% by 2030. Uh, and uh, I think we're, we're probably somewhere between five and six and a half, I'd say, but in the temporary. So just a strong interest in organics. Uh, we have a full-time organics advisor, uh, Orla Walsh, and Orla is available. She's based in Tramadol, and she's available to um, uh, to farmers, anybody who wants to discuss uh, organics or considering it, you know. So there's a big uptake on that. Uh, equally on the, on the education side, um, you know, we've, we've had a very strong education provision in the county. Um you know, we just completed the green cert there now. Uh, we're just finishing up the minutes uh, with, with about 60 students, and, and there's another 58 has just started. Uh, so that's about a year and a quarter program, and that's going very strong. It's led by John Bergen and Liam Nolan, the two education officers leading that. So they're going strong. Um, so they're, they're, yeah, I suppose they're, that's kind of a wide ranging. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and I suppose when we are talking about education, uh, we should send our sympathies to the families of the two young people, oh, gosh, yeah. students that lost oh, yeah, their lives yeah. in that terrible accident yeah. in Limerick Absolutely. during the week. To those, to those, Jim, because I was a past student in Palestine myself um, back in the day, and uh, I know exactly, you know, all that area, how things walk around there. So they said, they yeah. did right. I did a bit of hurling now there myself. <laughs> that wasn't just me, I can assure you, in Palace Gunnery when I was in college. Uh, so, uh, moving on then, um, the schemes, uh, they've opened, and I suppose yeah. farmers should be conscious yeah, that the, they the, are open. The, the single payments of the, of the, the base scheme, as it's now called, uh, you know, that's just open there now. Uh, they, I think the maps and that haven't been probably received at farm level yet. Uh, so look, they, that that will be uh, the usual campaign around that, I suppose, uh, to get it done. And so that's what we'll be saying to farmers and to get their maps, especially anyways, to start making the appointments come on in. We'll, we'll, we'll be hoping to do all of those uh, in the office because there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, you need a face-to-face on those. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, during the pandemic and that, we did some of them on, online, but you, you badly need the face-to-face on those. So that's what we'll be uh, hoping to put in place for that. Um, to make sure that you know there's a lot involved in this, it's complicated enough, and uh, just to make sure people get things right, you know. I suppose the other scheme there, and I suppose you're in the paper, we talked about it, the acres. Uh, I think we've about 600 people, uh, six maybe a bit more, uh, in, in acres. Um, 
and uh, you have acres one, acres two is to be confiscated. But just maybe a quick reminder to those that are in acres one, they need they, they, they have to have soil tests uh, uploaded by uh, the fifteenth of May. So they want to get on to that fairly quickly as well, you know. And then the the derogation gym is ongoing. Yeah. Uh, the end of March is the is the deadline for that. So um, we have <coughs> we have a cohort of six or seven advisors that are just full time on those at the moment, and uh, so it's, it's making good progress on that, you know. Yeah, and you did very well with acres. So you were able to have all you know uh, farmers who went into acres had to do a course, and you were able to get that done. Uh, in twenty oh, yes, in twenty twenty three, yeah, they're all done. Yeah, they're all done. So then you have a bunch of people in Acres over which we don't know how many of those are going to be accepted yet, and they will have to do a course as well. But I will get to that. Okay, uh, moving on then. You know, we're getting to the time of the year when you will have many events uh, throughout the rest of the year uh, to, uh, I suppose, inform farmers on the various. Uh, Things that they should be doing to improve their income, but also to improve the environment. So uh, let's look at one that would be coming up fairly quickly, and that would be uh, uh, spring beef walks and things like that. Yeah, like we, as you said, Jim, look, we will have plenty uh, events, most of the events open to the public as well, uh, throughout the year on the, on the different issues. Uh, and I suppose I'm <coughs> alongside discussion groups are very active as well, and they'll be continuing. Uh, but just on say on the B side there, there's a couple mm-hmm. of to mention a couple of ones that are coming up there uh on the, the spring beef farm walks. And um so on on the sixth of March there we one in Nina, uh, Jim Murphy, born mm-hmm. Nina, uh, is, is is that one. Uh code E forty five P eight five five. And then on the thirteenth the following week, thirteenth of March, uh, we have uh, a similar event at Matt Ryan's in um, Ballymacady, Kilfiegel, County Tipperary, and Matt's air code is E34KP52. So there are two events uh, to uh, look forward to. Then maybe I should mention, um, I suppose, on the dairy side, we'll have a breathing week uh, on the 25th of March, as you know, Jim, yeah. breathing out, sex, semen, and everything, you know, it's just important to, to have your thinking cap on fully. Yeah. Uh, when 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 getting into that season, so we're going to run a bit of breeding. A lot of that will be online. A lot of online events will advertise those. Right. And um, and then as well as that, we'll we'll run. Uh, we, as and we mentioned the clover earlier on. We'll, we'll run at least one of those. A good event there, maybe on that and clover in April. So there are the few that's just come up in the short term. Anyway, you know. Okay. Any new additions to the team in Tipperary? Um, pretty settled now, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um. The, the, the you know but yeah. we have increased our staff uh, quite a bit uh, and uh, uh, you know I suppose Vicky Yush has come into the the the, 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 the advisory service okay uh, you had yeah. was, and uh, but the, you know they're just compliment them uh, mm-hmm. extremely well you know yeah that's good look at Donald uh, we're out of time now anyway but I want to thank you ever so much for joining us that listeners was Donald Milan who is the Chagas Manager for Tipperary. That, listeners, is Agriport for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. And before I sign off, I would like to thank my guests who joined me this morning. Coming up next is the news at 10 o'clock. And after that, Eamon Dewire presents Down Your Way. <laughs>